what the fuck? I sat bolt upright in bed, and the first words that I croaked out of my mouth were WTF. And I was totally disoriented, dizzy, my head hurt, my throat was like, I couldn't talk. I, I couldn't figure out why it was so hard to get just WTF out of my mouth. And I looked around, and as my vision cleared a little bit, I saw my family rushing toward my bed. Obviously, I was in a bed. I looked down. I had a god-awful blue hospital gown on, and I had no idea where I was, what had happened, and even how long I'd been there. Um, I'd find out over the next few days as a parade, literally a parade of people entered my hospital room. I, it was like a nonstop smiling faces coming in and talking to me and shaking my hand and hugging me and um, saying how glad they were that I was awake and fine. And I, I, it took me a while to grasp and figure out what was going on. Um, doctors started coming in. I ended up having a surgery that installed my Ironman. Can't really see it now. It's kind of gotten in pretty well. Not much of a scar, but that is my internal cardiac device. It turns out that after leaving a city council meeting, and I remember this, I remembered walking down the street. I was talking on the phone, I think to my son, and then I hung up and I decided instead of going around and walking to my business, which I almost always do because my business was, my Italian food manufacturing business was down and underneath in the back alley underneath a bar and restaurant. And I left the city council meeting and I decided, well, I'm just going to cut through the bar and walk down the stairs today and say hi to whoever's working. And five steps into the establishment, I dropped over dead and had a sudden cardiac arrest. Um, I guess it's all on film, but I've never been brave enough to watch it. I, you know, I don't think that we should watch ourselves dying. But luckily for me, it turns out that the bartender knew CPR. I'd gone down right in front of the men's bathroom door because as I was cutting by, and he had gone to the bathroom right before I walked in. So when he came out, he almost stepped on me, he said, and then he realized I wasn't breathing, started mouth to mouth, had one of the patrons call 911. And again, lucky for me, one of the best first responders in our community was having an anniversary dinner across the street at another restaurant. And he had his radio on, heard the call, and bolted across the street until the police and the ambulance and, and everybody could get there. Well, again, fortunate for me, the police car was equipped with a cardiac device, a defibrillator. So they jump-started my heart and you know got me up to the hospital, then transferred me over to the Twin Cities, which is Minneapolis, St. Paul. Um, a much bigger community for handling situations like mine. Then apparently they froze me for the next week or so. They put me in a coma, made sure I stayed in a coma and then froze me. They filter your blood through your organs and through your heart and through your body for several days. I don't know, maybe a week until um, your heart can recover and they can make sure that there's no damage. Now, again, lucky for me, I had that treatment because... I found out the reason all the people were coming into my room and I did this research after I left the hospital, after my heart surgery and um, my during my recovery phase of that, it's, which is really long, by the way, that is the worst part. The worst part about the whole thing was that they wouldn't let me drive for six months, that I wasn't allowed to get behind the wheel of a car. It's kind of like an epileptic seizure is what they told me since it's unpredictable and they don't know what caused it or what could happen or if it could happen again. 
they won't let you drive for at least six months to make sure that you're stable and it's not going to re recur, which, you know, is super duper frustrating when you're used to being a person running around with the, like a chicken with your head cut off and going, going, going as you're running different businesses and doing different things. So I had the surgery um, and then I went home and I started doing a lot of research trying to figure out what the heck happened to me because even after the surgery and going home and starting cardiac rehab, I still didn't really understand what the heck a sudden cardiac arrest was and how it could happen to me. People interchangeably talk about, you know, heart attacks, strokes, and cardiac arrests a lot, but they're totally different things. A cardiac arrest is an a sudden cardiac arrest is an immediate electrical malfunction in your heart where your heart just shuts down and stops. And the vast majority of people I found in my research since I couldn't drive, um, that have something like that, that have a sudden cardiac arrest, only about 6%, 6 or 7% survive and are found in time to be resuscitated, like I was. Um, and of those 6 or 7% that are found in time to be revived, only 6 or 7% more are what I call unscathed, or they don't have severe organ or brain damage. And I, that's why everybody was coming into my room and talking to me and congratulating me and so happy to see that I could actually still, even though my voice from having the feeding, not the feeding tube, but the respirator down, what's it called, whatever it's called, down my throat was raw and hurt and I couldn't talk very well, I could still put together coherent sentences. And although I didn't have anything to share from the last a little over a week, I think I was in a coma and I had no idea how or what had happened. Um, they were still, I could still remember things except for that period. And I could, I could still talk and have a coherent conversation with people. Now, if you watch any of my videos, you might argue with that and say, sometimes you just aren't coherent and that's okay. I'm okay with that too. But the, the one thing I learned from this event, number one, I am so freaking happy and delighted and excited to still be here. It's amazing. I appreciate every single morning that I wake up and no matter what's going on in my life and my day, I am so grateful and so appreciative and so delighted to still be here having an opportunity to interact with my family and the other amazing people in my life. And at this event, I realized very quickly after reading those statistics and the statistics said that within six years of having such an event, and actually three, like the vast majority of people die. They have another recurring incident of, and it might be something different, or it might be a sudden cardiac arrest, if they don't make massive lifestyle changes. So I knew immediately that I had to make massive lifestyle changes. So to find out what I did and what kind of massive lifestyle changes I made, Tune in tomorrow because I'm going to share that part of my story with you then. I hope that it's all right that I'm sharing my story with you. I think that it's really important that people know where other people are coming from because that's how we learn more about one another. And the more we know about one another, the more we know, like, and trust each other. Or we don't. And you're like, yeah, that woman died. I'm not having anything to do with her. So that's it. Have a fabulous day. And of course, I will be with you tomorrow. Bye. Jamma Grandma out. Oh, Jamma Grandma. Sharon Hornell's from here. Bye.